so the really beneficial thing about, um, I guess, being so close to, I guess, the owner of that business was that I was in all the meetings. Um, I was really hearing everything that was going on in the solar industry. So I had, again, I had that exposure and I was there in the meetings, just learning, absorbing all the information. Welcome back podcast. We're here today with Gustavo Arce with Better Tomorrow Solar. He braved uh, a storm to get here today. It's a very <laughs> rainy day in Atlanta. In fact, we're hoping we make it through this podcast with power. <laughs> so uh, welcome, Gustavo. Thank you very much, Christopher, for having me. I'm very fortunate to be on. Yes, and thanks so much. Uh, we're going to really talk about another FUD topic today, and that is solar, uh, rooftop solar, especially mm -hmm. in a red state like Georgia. So Gustavo is currently the residential business uh, development uh, at Better Tomorrow Solar. So what do you do in that role? Basically, uh, so at Better Tomorrow, um, I handle all the residential side of the business um, from anywhere from branding um, to residential customers, uh, marketing to them, finding where they at, uh, what, con what misconceptions they have about solar, talking to them, building them a proposal, and walking them through the whole solar process of uh, getting some solar on the roof. I tell them if it makes sense for the home, uh, if it doesn't make sense due to trees or other obstructions, and I give them the de uh, I give them the opportunity to make that decision for themselves. Awesome, an informed decision. That's really that Absolutely. that key part of putting even in real estate. You know, not every client is one where it's like you should buy or sell. Mm -hmm. You should you know maybe stay in the opportunity that you're in right now. And I do occasionally have clients that. It's like, okay, we just, you know, I would love to make, you know, a commission on your home, but yeah, it right. doesn't make sense for your situation. So um, it's great to be a consultant in that way. And hopefully this podcast today can be a reference point for people mm -hmm. who have some of those questions about solar. Um, that's why I brought you on. Um, so I'm always curious to learn how people get into solar, right? Like what is their unique story? Because I know from other people that I know. <laughs> They're all different, even like right. with me in real estate, you know, realtors get in into real estate in different ways. So what do you see as maybe the first moment that led you to this career? So I like to say I, I had a very, uh, I guess, a different way of coming into the solar industry. Um, so I'm, I come from a Mexican background and uh, a lot of Mexican families, what they do to their kids on the Saturdays and Sundays is take them to work. <laughs> uh, my dad does. My dad does do construction. Um, he builds homes, he does commercial, everything, right? Um, so at these job locations, I would see, at every job location, I would see that there's a huge, huge container for trash. And of course, I didn't have much skill putting sheetrock or doing the roof. So my job was to throw everything in the trash that wasn't usable at a construction site. Oh, wow. So you got to visualize it. Exactly, exactly. So I would see that there'd be perfect um, pieces of wood that were still usable, maybe like a foot or two pieces of sheetrock that is just waste, but it's not really waste. It's just a good material that they can't use at that specific job site. Um, so from very, this was around middle school um, and some high school. Uh, and then I started hearing this thing about climate change, global warming, about energy and electric vehicles. 
started watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix about food, um, just awesome. the industrial like revolution. Yeah. Um, the food revolution. And it started, I kind of started, those gears in my head started to turn about like the way we do things as a civilization and the way we could do things as a civilization. So once I got to college, I knew I wanted to do something regarding the environment. I thought that was going to be uh, geography or geology. Um, yeah, geography or uh, studying rocks. Oh, geologist. Geologist, correct. correct. I, every geologist that I know <laughs> is not in the field. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is apparently a great degree to get, but I guess very limited jobs. Uh, for now, for now, hopefully they increase, right? So I got into that. I took a couple of classes in college at Georgia State. Um, but I just thought, I just felt that it wasn't for me. Right. I wanted to do something on the, on the, on the business side. Um, so I switched my major of social entrepreneurship. I was one of the first in the entire Georgia state. Um, oh, wow. College. So you kind of started a, were exactly. part of a new program exactly. there. Exactly. As soon as I wanted to change my major, they had just invented that major at Georgia state a few months previously. So I'm not familiar with it, but mm -hmm. listening to the words and connecting it, I would assume that it's something, you know, it has social benefit. Is that what it, so it's more about exactly. betterment? Exactly. So I like to say the, the way I define social entrepreneurship is starting businesses for profit and for a cause. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to innovate the way business is done again with construction, with the food, with electric vehicles. And fortunately I met someone in the solar industry. Um, I started volunteering with the Sierra Club after shortly after that. Oh, they, they suck you in. They, 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 <laughs> college students, they just pull you in. I, I didn't work with Sierra Club specifically, but I, I briefly worked with a political organization nice. doing canvassing. And so I, I, it's interesting. I feel like everybody who really kind of puts themselves out there probably had a, a similar experience yeah. at some time in young adulthood. So was that, did you ever get uncomfortable with some of that stuff? Like, was it weird? Well, I started volunteering with the, with them through the solar, through a solarized Atlanta campaign. Right. Oh, okay. Um, so I asked one of their, uh, one of the people who I guess help out with this year club, like, Hey, what can I do specifically in the energy industry? And they said, Hey, you should talk to these people. They do the solarized campaigns, uh, Don Moreland. Um, and I said, yeah, can you please connect us? So I approached them, and at that time, they were going to be launching the Solarize Atlanta campaign. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, how?" they were doing the Solarize the Care campaign, actually. Oh, wow. So this yeah. is a few years so ago. So this was in 2017, 2018, almost. And I said, hey, Don, I mean, is there any way I can help you out? Um, you know, I'm hungry. I want to be in this industry. I know solar is the future. Um, I really like what you're doing. Um, how can I help? And he said, jump on the team. You could be my intern. And from that day forward, I was the first and only employee uh, Don had under his wing. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so the really beneficial thing about, um, I guess, being so close to, I guess, the owner of that business was that I was in all the meetings. Um, I was really hearing everything that was going on in the solar industry. So yeah. I had, again, I had that exposure and I was there in the meetings, just learning, absorbing all the information. So, you know, I was kind of... I was I was just seeing like what his thoughts were as a business owner, but also on the on the customer side, what was kind of needed um, from the solar industry. So very early on in my career, I started to see kind of both sides. Yeah, and from there, valuable. I started formulating a different way of approaching, I guess the 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 information how how you inform individuals about solar. So 
I was with Solar Crowdsource. That's his company. Um, through all the Solarize campaigns, Solarize, Decatur, Atlanta, Carrollton, Roswell, uh, Dunwoody. Um, and when you're there, you get to talk to installers. You get to talk to different nonprofits, city governments that have stake in that movement. Oh, yeah. I, I briefly was involved with Solarize Atlanta exactly. to add a kind of a realtor perspective and bring exactly. that group in. And I've got to say, it was really awesome to, to see how much they were doing, yeah. right? And they, yeah. they weren't just kind of doing this like off on the yeah. side. I mean, they were involved to uh, facilitate and bring everybody in mm -hmm. from the city for permitting mm -hmm. and cities that were, you know, supportive of it. Uh, I think DeKalb, for example, after they were involved, if I remember correctly, had an improved process Correct. because of it. Correct. So, you know, so it's not only getting it on the rooftops, it just, it, again, it's awareness and even improving the process for people that come behind. Exactly. So, so expediting that process, right? And just making it, making it easier for the person, like you said, behind you that's going to do it to like really do it and go through, I guess, less, less um, speed bumps, if yeah. you want to call them. Um, so that was kind of my in in the solar industry. Um, I did. I was interning with that organization for two years, um, and after those two years, well, it was time to graduate, right? Yes. <laughs> and now it's time, time to for the real world. <laughs> that was time for the real world, and let's get like a, a very full time position. Um, so I got connected with an individual named Kave Kamuni and Rosie Aldashi. They. We had spoken, I believe it was sometime in 2018. No, correct, correct. Uh, 2019. Um, and they wanted to innovate the way solar was adopted in Georgia. So around 2014, um, I believe it was House Bill 57 to 47, basically said that PPAs, more commonly known in Georgia as CEPAs. Um, and, and leasing, solar leasing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, were allowed in the state of Georgia. So now in Georgia, there's less than three or four companies that offer this this type of financing of solar panels. Um, so they let me know that they wanted to innovate the business model in Georgia like that. And also they wanted to really educate residential solar customers about the solar experience. Um, and they, I mean, they asked me to jump on the team and um, I evaluated different offers and positions, and I felt that as a young individual, I was hungry. I was willing to put in the work with a startup, with a new company, um, and I saw that their their intentions were true because Kave was actually one of the first three people in Decatur to go solar. Uh, so so he, was he part of the Decatur program? No, no. He, he went solar like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. 10 years we ago. had a state tax credit back then that was like another 35%. So it was huge. That it was, was a nice huge. benefit. Of course, solar was also yeah. much more expensive back then. Yeah, but. yeah, it was. He, I'm not sure how many watts his panels have, but they're still up there. They're, they're still running. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's vegan. He, he does everything that he can to reduce his carbon footprint. He was like one of the first uh, to drive an electric vehicle. Um, and what do you know what he drives? So right now he drives a Nissan Leaf, the newest one that came out. Okay. Uh, so well. see, not everybody drives a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to give a shout out because, you know, I've had, or, you know, my household has had six yeah. EVs, only wow. two are Teslas, right? The nice. other four were obviously non-Tesla. Which ones? Um, we had one of the first generation Leafs. That was mm -hmm. actually the very first car we had. Same. Uh, 
two weeks after I got mine, uh, my husband uh, traded in. He was a BMW guy, so nice. he had a 5 Series, and he traded that in for the BMW i3. Nice. So he got that, and we had both of those for three years. Wow. Um, and then um, that's when I moved into the Model S, mm-hmm. and he, he had a couple more cars in the leasing. Uh, in the meantime, we had two more BMWs. Right. So 330e plug-in hybrid, and then another i3 very briefly, mm-hmm. and before we you know got this new Model 3. We were trying not to spend tesla money for uh, for another car um you know even at forty thousand, yeah, it's you know it's 250 miles it's not what he we have to have it's great to have now we mm-hmm. actually are putting less miles on my car but um at the end of the day you know we loved our bmws uh and the and the leaf you know the leaf is a mm-hmm. gateway drug i like to say for other evs but uh you know tesla is not the only one right. so we got to give a shout out to the other many other models and he, so he actually also has the Kia Niro, the Niro. Oh yes, yeah. Um, that's a little bit. Is that like a compact sedan? Is that? What it's actually um, maybe a small SUV. Small SUV. And it's really cool. The only reason we have that because it has a Hyundai cousin called the um, uh, Kona. They have a Kona, Kona EV. And the only reason we have the Kia EV as well as the Kia Soul EV in Georgia uh-huh. is because of Kia's plant here. Uh-huh. And so it's a nice little benefit that those cars that aren't sold in many states yeah. randomly also get put in Georgia because we, we do still have a large market, you know, right. largely because of the tax credit we used to have. But thankfully, we do have that that um, that Kia Nero EV mm-hmm. here uh, because of them having a factory in Georgia. So those, nice... those EVs are fun to drive, man. I don't have an EV yet. Well, you drove one. So I saw you <laughs> at Ray Day, yes, which is did. in October, and we were doing the, the rally or meeting at Georgia Power's yeah. headquarters. And uh, you were driving a first-gen Leaf, I think, with a degraded battery, I, right? And correct, because I, I had that, what, what's it called, the anxiety, range anxiety? Yes. I was like, yo, Kyle, I'm not going to make it, man. I'm like, you need to take over. I, I think... Uh, I had like 40 miles left in the tank or I guess the charge. Um, and I think Ray Day was 25 miles away. So my question to Kyle was, how am I going to get back? Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. Like, I'll, I'll take it. So I drove the, the, the first generation EV to Ray Day. Um, I don't know what year that car is. I would say it would have been like a 17 or, or older. Like a, they came out in 2011 was the first yeah. year. So it probably was one of those like first. Okay. Yeah. Cause I believe it, it only has maybe. 80 miles of charge yes yeah um, so that's like a 11 through 15 yeah so he has one of those um i let him take it from back to his home and i drove the newer one um and those the tor- even the torque on the leaf yes i was like i'm not gonna push it too much <laughs> we were, i was just talking about this last week with ann blair i think you listened yeah. to that episode yep. and uh you know even with the first gen and the newer gen has an yeah. even faster uh, larger motor with better torque but you know even those early generations i mean they they do have some some torque that low end torque right off the line that's that's contagious yeah so So, uh, obviously my dream car is the tesla cybertruck oh it's growing on me oh what are your thoughts on it i thought i was like is this a joke (laughs) has 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 elon musk finally punked us all when i saw the reveal um I never would have expected something like that. But when you look at what Tesla does, I mean, all the other cars are like beautiful, right? They're sculptures. But at the basis of their design, they're uber aero efficient. And that's why Teslas can travel so much further on a same size battery, Mm -hmm. right? Than than, um, kilowatt size, Mm -hmm. kilowatt hour size compared to others. Is They're just aerodynamic. So I get it. And I also feel like, you know, something like the truck 
needs to be disrupted mm -hmm. really in radical ways. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, I have to say, like, I see more people, um, you know, even older than me, I'm 35. You make uh, me feel old cause you're like 24. <laughs> a little bit down, a little oh, bit down. Oh, 22? Right there. Oh, 22. wow. <laughs> but I'm glad cause I was, I was also going to say like so many times I'm the youngest guy in the room, really? whether it's talking about realtors on yeah. in sustainability or the solar thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, when you told me how young you were, I was like, <laughs> I'm no longer, the, I'm far from the young guy. But I was going to say back to the cyber truck, it really tends to be, seems to be a generational thing. Yeah. I will say, you know, I'm an elder millennial. I'm up there on the edge. But um, I couldn't, I would never have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it seems very much like millennial and below mm -hmm. are absolutely in love with it. And you got some people on, you know, above us, right. uh, Gen, Gen X and, and um, boomers, I guess, that also do, they're growing, yeah. growing yeah. to like it. Um, so it'll be interesting. The thing looks massive. Like when mm -hmm. I see videos of it, you know, driving down the mm -hmm. road, it just looks That's why I like it. ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, can you imagine driving next to this thing? It'll push you out the way type deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the price point, I think yeah. it's starting at like 39, 39 nine, right. and you know, it's gonna, it's big. So they're just having all these breakthroughs. And like speaking of the stock, right. You know, the mm -hmm. stock has been on a rip lately. Cause mm -hmm. I think so many people were naysayers about them, obviously for so long, more right. FUD. I mean, that's, that's where I first became acquainted with the term. The term right. FUD was uh, with Tesla and EVs nice. in general because there's just so much attack um, material out there, especially from short sellers. So, so the I, I looked up with FUD. It's FUD. Yeah, like what it meant. But I, I was like, okay, I, I gotta ask him about it. like what was his like reasoning for. Reasoning? Yeah. So, so first of all, I like I'm I'm kind of derogatory. So it's yeah. sort of WTF, you know. Right. So it's sort of like what the. And on? so I was like, I like it. And then it's a little more encompassing since this is a, at this point, a very wide topic podcast, yeah. but generally it's summed up in FUD people, things that people don't do right. because there's fear, uncertainty, or doubt around the topic. Right. Gotcha. And so anything that's green, so electric vehicles, yeah. Tesla, solar. Uh, solar, you know, and then of course, then the classic ones, you know, going in business, yeah. trying new things, uh, any of that stuff, all of those things are fear-based. Different diets, yeah, vegan, yes. vegetarian, vegan. Well, can we talk about that a little bit? Let's Actually, do it. So, Let's do it. so I, I'm interested. Um, you know, we have I, we're not vegan or even mm -hmm. vegetarian. Um, you actually did take me to a place the last time we met <laughs> that was really awesome. Which is for me, it's exciting because again, there's like assumptions that you know whole foods you think of like whole foods and like the right. the yuppie white guy right, with, right, right. with you know appropriating dreads <laughs> and all this kind of stuff but you know there's especially here in atlanta being a predominantly black city right. there is a huge population and and movement with people of color being yes, vegan and yes, doing this yes. which is really exciting because it breaks that mold yes. um and you took me to that restaurant yeah. which was to see least to see least yes i mean not white people flavor that, you know, I love, no, I, I loved it. I just, I joke because white people usually can't take the spice, spice. The spice. <laughs> but, but it was so good. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I mean, do you want to talk about yeah, that? A little so, bit? um, on that street, I, 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 Ralph David Abernathy, I believe is the street. Um, so that's where our temporary office is now. So, I mean, to is a two minute drive. It's like five. your office cafeteria. That's, that's my office cafeteria. Exactly. Um, but on that street, I believe it's called like the Black Vegan Mile or African American oh, Vegan awesome. Mile. So on that street within a, a one mile radius, half a mile radius, there's like 10 African American owned vegan restaurants. 
So, of course, I'm going to try them all, you know, like <laughs> one a day type deal, right? Um, there's Slutty Vegan, there's Tassili's, there's uh, there's just so many and the flavors. I, before I started working with Better Tomorrow, I was like, vegan? No, that's all That's all grass. I'm, I'm not going to eat, you know. Yes. Um, but once I got introduced to this, almost this fusion of flavor and, and veganism, I was, I was in love. So, m- interestingly enough, my girlfriend is also vegan. Was um, she when you met? No. Okay. But then she saw a video of the cow industry, kind of like what goes on with how they get the milk. She was like, I'm never eating meat or dairy again. So I said, okay. You know, I thought she was just saying that, maybe a month or two type deal. But she's been she's been vegan for like four months now. Oh, wow. And like her skin cleared up. She feels great. She hardly, her hair is like great, amazing. Um, so me, you know, just being around so many of my coworkers who are vegan or vegetarian, um, her, I naturally, you know, I'll gravitate towards trying a vegetarian meal or a vegan meal. I have like, I have these things called vegan days where I don't eat any type of meat or poultry or, or milk. So you're kind of st- transitioning or somewhere in the middle, so, I guess? Somewhere in the middle. Um, oh. I do love beef. I love salmon. I love bacon too. Um, so I think my process is going to be a little bit slower, but, yeah. but, but I think it brings up a great point cause this is sort of like this purest test that happens. Right. Yeah. So, and shaming, right. um, you know, right. like for example, I drive an EV, yeah. but I'm not going to shame somebody who drives a gas car. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's everybody's awareness and, or even personal ability at that point. And again, but I drive an EV, mm-hmm. I, you know, but I don't, yeah, I am not vegan, right. you know, so I, uh, Anyway, so it's it's one of those great things, you know, as you that I feel like whenever you get into one of these these um, when you add one of these things to your life, you usually do start getting a little more aware, right. and then you add others. So right. you know, like for me, it started with electric vehicles, mm-hmm. and that was in 2014. And then you know, then I got really big about hey, I really should use reusable shopping bags and not use right. plastic bags. Same, so same. you know, and and that starts. It was an adjustment. I kept. Every time I go to the store, I would leave them in my trunk. Yeah. I mean, it took me about a year to figure that out mm-hmm. uh, and change that pattern, but I eventually got there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the next ones, you know, I don't have solar in my house yet. I do like to tell people that since I talk about it so much, I feel like I have to admit that I don't have it. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll talk about why I don't a little bit later. Yeah. But uh, but one of those things for me is vegetarianism and or veganism. Mm-hmm. And um, for the way we've started is we've basically cut out beef, you know, because nice. beef has the biggest impact yep. and also health impacts as well correct um so you know it's it's the other proteins fish right. uh wild caught fish not right. farmed exactly. i learned that back in my marine yeah. biology days same all those documentaries yes. help me understand that. yes yeah well and we had these little cards even there that told you how to pick seafood you know mm-hmm. to, so we could you know again raise awareness but a lot of chicken a lot yeah. of chicken and um you know and, and pork as well so so that's progress so you know it's better than you know having a ton of beef um and i will say that the resistance I very much wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. It's also I know how to cook really well. Yeah, like I, not not to yeah. boast on myself. I'm but have to come try. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, my husband's Puerto Rican, so everything yeah. has you know pollo or, or carnitas right, or something. Carnitas. So you know, there's not really. I mean, I, I know people do jackfruit and whatnot. Yeah. The other the other interesting thing to kind of look at. This is where we've been balancing. Um, is that uh, you know managing carbs. Right. Mm -hmm. So my husband is pre-diabetic, so we have to be a little more cognizant of carb counts. And a lot of times some of these, uh, you know, meat uh, alternatives have high carb counts. So 
Correct. They don't really work out. So, mm-hmm. um, but the great thing is that, you know, this, this all gets solved eventually. So I'm looking forward to implementing more of it into our diet. So we're taking an approach a lot like you, where it's not a like a hundred percent, but maybe it's like a blend, right. but I do look forward to health benefits. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, just healthier life. And then, um, you know, having a lower imprint on the planet. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I think, I'm, I mean, just, just like with the EV or like the whole solar, everything, it, it takes steps, you know, to really convince yourself like, hey, this is what I really want to do and I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to get there slowly. I, I'm, I'm not going to go day, day and night. You know, one day I'm eating beef, the next day I'm eating nothing but vegetables and exactly. other vegan options. And it's always interesting sometimes to see the people. Like I know a gentleman who is uh, a Tesla owner as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, again, let's not make assumptions about these being crazy progressives and lefties and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Um, I know a gentleman who is, you know, a Republican and several actually that are also, uh, you know, at least meat free. I don't know if it's vegetarian or vegan, but they're meat free. And so, you know, it's not just a political thing. Um, And and unfortunately, so many of these topics end up getting politicized by some people when they're not really. And you'll know people that are all over the spectrum that do some or all of them. So that's really cool. It's Uh, funny that you bring that up because... Uh, so one of our, so it was actually one of my first clients or I guess prospects, right? People who were going to do a solar consultation with, I was going to walk them through the solar going process. Um, so this gentleman lives around like Howell Mill, that area, Mm -hmm. um, actually like less than two miles away from the governor's mansion. So me and my colleague got to his home. We've, you know, we evaluated, uh, the roof from the outside, but after we have to go in and kind of talk to him about his consumption of electricity, asking different types of questions, walking them through like different materials, whatever, right? So my colleague who is white and is male, you know, we felt great. Like that wasn't any of my thoughts, but we walk in and you know, there's, um, there's like a American, the American flag covered everywhere. There's like guns everywhere. And it was like a different environment because I had never yes. been to a home like that, right? You just, you wonder where that stops, right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, well, this is nice. Okay, great. For sure. Different types of, um, I guess, uh, gustos is what I call it. different types of, uh, likes, right? So we introduce ourselves and the first questions he asked me is Gustavo, where's that from? I said, uh, well, my parents are from Mexico. I'm from Los Angeles. I've been living here all my life. And he's like, are you legal? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I was looking down at the moment, but as soon as he asked that, I said, uh, absolutely. And, you know, we just continued on. But it just it just goes to show that not everyone who buys solar is like the typical, I guess, lefty, typical vegan. It just, it's all different types of people. Yeah. And I learned that that day that the, these people have different, I guess, uh, questions and different concerns about why they're looking into what they're looking at. Exactly. I don't know if veganism, you could get into money too, right? Because you talk about health, you know, and you have better health, therefore you have lower health care costs. But things like solar and EVs and some other things, recycling, reusing, obviously have a financial benefit. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because usually places like Buckhead Mm -hmm. and North Fulton, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, more red, Mm -hmm. um, usually get this more and they're doing it from a very financial perspective. Um, So, but it's a great way because even like with whether it be real estate or electric vehicles or any of these kind of things, when we talk about, you know, green homes, mm-hmm. um, 
there is the three sides. There's, you know, the personal health and mm-hmm. comfort. There's the planet health and comfort. Right. And then there's the financial. And, okay. you know, the first two are very like moral questions. Mm-hmm. Like you either believe in it or you don't. Um, and then the last one is, is where you get kind of everybody else in it, yeah. whether they buy into yeah. whatever they want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll get in because they're like, I just want to pay less. Yeah. And so. that, that, there you go. You, you said it perfectly, really. The, I mean, at the end of the day, so those first two things of, is it good for the planet? Well, I mean, people like to say that's arguable, right? Uh, is it good for me? You know, people like, but at the end of the day, numbers are numbers. This is what maybe an electric vehicle with a vegan diet can do. This is what solar can do. Those are numbers. Um, that's the data. Like, <laughs> you, exactly. know, you know what I'm saying? So let's talk about solar a little bit, because obviously um, there's so many questions and unknown about solar. So I'll start real quick just to kind of fill in everybody like why I don't have solar in my house. <laughs> I, I kind of know what you're going to say just from looking at. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so so one is that, yes, I do have all these trees. Right. And so, you know, you've got to balance um tearing down a tree because there are many benefits to a tree from water conservation, shade, natural cooling. I do have some that are a little close and need Mm -hmm. to be removed and trimmed up for safety. Um, But also because of just the placement of where they are, I've gotten some pretty high quotes. Um, But it all goes back to, I would have done this in 2015 when we bought, because when when we bought Mm -hmm. in 2015, we already had two, we had the Nissan Leaf and the first BMW i3 that we had. And so whenever we were looking at homes, we were looking, you know, EV charging matter, mm-hmm. and we wanted to have the house more suitable to solar. Right. Um, we ultimately were kind of limited because we were also wanting a mid-century modern. And th- th- they sell really quick. There's not that many. So when you get one and it lines up, you just got to go. So yeah. this one didn't fit the solar piece. Um, but I also was not a real estate agent at that time. I was still in my previous oh, really? career. So I was not aware and neither was our agent that there are energy efficient mortgages where you can roll in things like solar into the purchase price of the home and, you know, just like a renovation loan, essentially. So if we had known that that was an option, we actually would have done that in 2015 and we would have had it this whole time. We would have, you know, had a couple trees cut down for it, trimmed up and had the solar put on. Um, and we were, we, we've also held off cause we want the max size that we can get on a grid tied mm-hmm. system. Cause we have two EVs. So at least a 10 kilowatt system. So, you know, we're at least at that point was at least 30 grand. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're just talking about a lot of big numbers, of course, um, of course. even before we get to tax credits, but that that's why I don't have it. And so part of my work now within real estate is to make people aware of it. Like people know if they're looking at it during a, a sale or a refinance that there's an option to easily Beautiful. roll that in because financing is the issue is a big yeah. part of the issue. It's one of them. Yeah, for um, sure. And uh, and then of course we also talk about valuation if you already have right. it. Right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. The um. So yeah, I mean, I think you sent this to me, right? It was the there's an appraisal institute study. Yes. Uh, there, there's a few, but there's, yeah, I there's you. a couple, right? I, I'm not sure which one you sent me about that with solar the home's property increases three to seven percent you know depending on well that that one is um that one is on green certification so if your home is like lead or earthcraft the solar there actually is a formula and so if you have it you know let's say you know somebody works with you they put solar on the house they sell it three years later Mm -hmm. well the good thing is they have production data correct for the last three years so all they have to do is show that production value and essentially what the value of solar is at this point in its simplest form is 
pre-purchasing future power. You know, right, so right, they can right. put there's a, a green addendum for solar, and the appraiser. There's some math involved, but that's uh -huh. why you use a green competent appraiser. Um, and they calculate, you know, look at looking at your past historical mm -hmm. data. They look at the age of the system, you know, count in some degradation, yeah, degradation. and you pre essentially pre-purchase um, the future power of the system. Now, I think as you know, we advance mm -hmm. is that we'll also start getting a value like we were just talking about. Hey, are we going to lose power during the storm? Right. Is a resiliency factor. Yeah, right. Course. And here in Atlanta, we have a ton of trees. Of they go down yeah. sometimes when the sun is shining. Yeah. So resiliency is going to be a big part so there will i think eventually be a value definitely for battery storage because Absolutely. of you having better resiliency Absolutely. um but also because they essentially are the same as a gas generator you know people have a natural gas generator They're, they yep. are willing to pay a little more for that house so i think eventually solar will be a little more possibly fluid if you will and it might yeah. get more into that percentage part uh when people are maybe willing to say you know we're, we're willing to pay the future production plus a bonus because Correct. it's you know it's worth something to us and so that's again but again that's awareness for right, people right, knowing right. that it's even an option and then that you know because that first time the power goes out mm -hmm. and you have power and your neighbors yep. don't um you know you're glad that you paid yeah. for it yeah your, your your food's not gonna get thrown out from the fridge you know and or your kids. You don't have kids yet, so you don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't I have, <laughs> you They need entertainment, and they need internet. You know, there was that AT&T commercial a couple of years ago that was like five minutes after the internet's out, and they're all losing their mind. I mean, that's having kids. So, you know, there's a value to that as well. I, I mean, I can see that. I don't know when I'll have kids, but I'm sure. That, that no, rush. <laughs> no rush. No rush. Yeah, I wasn't in much right now, man. <laughs> So when you're so walk me through um, if somebody is interested in solar in their house, obviously they don't have any knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, what could they do to get some early knowledge before even necessarily having you come out? Are there like tools online where mm -hmm. they can get some basic information before contacting a solar yeah, installer? The really cool thing is now there's there's three tools that I guess, of course, they're not going to be right, but three preliminary tools that you can use. Um, the first one is PV Watts. It's a National Renewable Energy Laboratory calculator where okay. you could type in your, your address. Um, you could type in how big of a system you're kind of looking at um, and the, the area where solar makes the most sense. And you can like all do that by yourself. Um, after that, it gives you a calculation of how much it, your, that system can produce at your home, um, how much you're saving. Um, I see that this is that this calculator is from anywhere from like 5% optimistic anywhere to 15% optimistic because um, some of the data isn't updated, right? The next thing you could do is go Google Sunroof um, just so you can see how many total sun hours your roof gets. Okay. Um, so if it lights up golden, it's taking an average of all your enti the entire surface area and how many sun hours it receives. receives. Um, so the, if, a, if there's a flat roof and there's no tree obstructions, you're looking at 1600 plus per year. The third one is the, what is the third one? Okay, well, that's fine. Well, well, we we can keep moving too. Right, uh, right. I mean, two is enough. I was thinking maybe there was just like one good one. Um, so, so that's a good place where they can get introductory knowledge. And then when they reach out to you guys, um, obviously you come out and you would do a site visit. Correct. Um, what are the number, 
maybe not number one, mm-hmm. but what are the, the top few questions that when you're sitting with a residential client and they're thinking about adding solar to the house, what are their concerns? What are their fears? So one of the fears that we get often is, is this going to cause um, holes in my roof, right? So holes in the roof, um, the warranties behind that. Uh, what's the what's going to happen with the homeowner's insurance? What happens? So a lot of that is like warranties, right? Um, and when's my payback going to be? Now, in Georgia, according to Energy Sage, that's, oh, that's the third one, Energy Sage. Are you familiar with that website? I Briefly, it came up in one of our real estate classes. So Energy Sage is a third-party website. It basically um, has information on a lot of materials, a lot of panels, a lot of installers. It's basically like, um, I guess, almost like an Angie's List, Home Advisor type deal. It, it's very informative um, for materials and installers. And that was the third actual uh Thing that someone can I need do. to. We'll make a note of that thing because that yeah. sounds like they're pretty all encompassing yeah, in this it's, space. It's a really neat website. Um, so the yeah, so we we can direct them there. Um, according to Energy Sage, the payback for a Georgia system is anywhere from eight to twelve years. Uh, that was with the thirty percent tax credit. Um, based off our, you know, the thirty percent tax credit phased out at the end of twenty nineteen. Now it's twenty six percent. Um, so that 4% difference based on our calculations of our customers on average, that 4% decrease in the tax credit increased the one, one year payback for customers. So previously if a payback was 12 years for a customer, now it's 13 years cause that 4%. So the other thing that we get a lot is, uh, is this going to cause holes in my roof? Um, so fortunately, um, with some of the systems, some of the products are available now. Um, there's very minimum ho- minimal holes that are made into your roof, and again, with the correct um, the correct materials, like all that's avoidable. Uh, our installer, he's like top of the line. He's had 200 plus installs, um, and we haven't had any hole complaints on him. You know, it's interesting you bring this up <clears throat> because it's there was actually a case in Georgia. And I don't really know where all of this started because it seems to be this huge fear with people that I guess there was a rogue installer who was doing mm-hmm. a really bad job or something because, you know, you're getting that question. And it's one of the ones I sometimes hear mm-hmm. is, you know, is the roof going to support it? But the companies that I'm closely more uh, aware of, mm-hmm. you know, they they look at the roof structure yeah, and, and whether or not it can support correct. the weight. And there seems to be very few instances where there is an issue in that way, in that way. But there was an instance uh, with a real estate agent a couple of years ago where they did not, and this is where it goes to, you know, using a competent agent correct. when you buy or sell one of these houses. So um, the, the buyers, mm-hmm. uh, the agent that got sued worked for the buyers and the buyers asked him if he, um, uh, thought anything would be wrong with the system or I don't know if it was a him it was just they was it pre-installed or was it, it yes it was existing on the gotcha. house and uh, anyway so he kind of glossed over and said I'm sure it's fine and so they apparently I guess at some point didn't inspect it you know whenever you're a realtor always recommend an inspection, inspection you know because we're not pros on everything and an inspection you know cover your client and Correct. cover you know everybody um, anyway so it wound up being that Basically, the roof wasn't properly supported for this system, and so it, and they ended up coming back and suing the brokers. Um, so it kind of it doesn't help because it again makes yeah. this scary thing about solar yeah. to real estate agents when we're trying to uh, educate them on it. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, it, 
you know, one bad apple spoils yeah, the bunch. So obviously yeah. something happened <laughs> where people are asking that question because when I'm looking at solar, I don't, I don't necessarily think about that. Like mm -hmm. I think that, hey, I need to get an engineer in here to of look course. at my roof. But, you know, there's all kinds of penetrations in your roof from pipe boots and exactly. other exhaust. I mean, it's, it's an existing technology, right? You exactly. know, it's, it's not unique to solar. Yeah, and especially a lot of the older homes, uh, if you, they did want to put solar, um, you have to calculate the dead weight ratio um, and seeing how much the roof can support with the rafters. They have to be a certain width from each other. They have to be a certain two by sixes, different length. And it's all really important. So having a competent solar company know what they're looking at, that's just like you said, it's, that's what you need. You know. Yeah. Um, so at times you can't build on some buildings because the structure isn't there. Now you mentioned uh, like PPAs and SEPAs and leasing. So is that more of what your company is doing or do you guys also do like traditional sales where the people own the system? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we offer the traditional approach of buying it outright. Um, businesses, there's different tax incentives for them to buy solar. And a lot of at times their paybacks five to seven years, three to seven years. Yeah, commercial um, is a much better return. Exactly, because of the, again, the tax incentives, right? Um, so these PPAs that we're offering, um, CEP, more commonly known as SEPAs, they're very, we have to be very careful with which buildings we accept because behind every um, bill that a commercial, that a commercial, I guess, business owner, business, the owner of the building gets, it's kind of like a calculator, their rate structure. And so that varies dependence on which type of classification your business is and your okay. building is and that varies again with which type of utility you have so our job if someone approaches us hey is there any way y'all can put some solar on here you guys own it um we'll just pay for the electricity we have to do our homework we have to do some in-depth analysis about if this makes sense for us as well and it, there's a reason not many companies are in georgia doing that because yeah. right now it's it's a very small niche of which buildings are good candidates. For well, and from a value things. perspective, at this point um, in a real estate transaction, the only system that gets a value is one that is owned. Host, host right. owned is usually the term called for it. So anything leased is really uh, not a value. And, uh, you know, and it can add complication to the sale of a, mm -hmm. of a real estate transaction because, uh, you know, you are going to have to take the lease over. Right. Um, so there's a whole other kind of qualification process. It can be done. But again, you know, let's get somebody who's competent mm -hmm. in there. Um, but yeah, the real growth, and at least at this point, I think um, it's almost been exclusively host-owned uh, residential solar in Georgia. So uh, as that continues to grow, we're going to finally have more of these homes for sale. And we're going to start having more data because right now there's not a ton of yeah. transactions with the data. Georgia, Georgia's such a huge growth for the residential side of solar. I believe it's 97% of our solar is commercial and utility and only about three is residential. I mean, there's just so much more room for growth in the industry and with different changes that are coming, um, a couple of utilities offer rebates for customers like Jackson EMCs and that really helps customers really start to adopt the whole solar idea because it becomes more financially more financially possible for them, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of other benefits that people don't think about. You know, when 
when uh, they think about solar and they hear some of the conversations, they hear about the utility wanting to charge additional fees because when they, you know, if you don't have a battery and you're sending, mm -hmm. say, excess back to mm -hmm. the grid, oh, you know, the, the utility has to maintain those lines. And I get it. But at the same time, one big piece usually missing from most consumers awareness of how electricity works is peak demand. Right. You know, and so usually when solar is shining in the middle of the day and it's maybe a warm day, um, usage is up. Correct. And so all of those, you know, dispersed neighborhood rooftop solars uh, panels work as independent plants, exactly. right? And exactly. so your power that you're um, generating in excess is going mm -hmm. to your neighbors. Exactly. And so you're at the, that point, you know, more people are getting green energy rather exactly. than just um, natural gas or and, hydro. Or, and you're taking or the strain off of the grid as well because exactly. you're, you're producing it. You're not pulling it from the grid. So in a sense, it also helps out the utility by a lot of people having solar. See what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. So we'll have to see what, what kind of growth happens there. Well, believe it or not, we've already gone 45 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> I told you it flies. It does. So I, I want to keep more information for another, for another interview. So because this is just the first on it. Um, so as we wrap up, um, you know, kind of what, what do you see over, you know, the next year in solar here in Georgia? What opportunity do you see? Or do you see headwinds and, and maybe a new difficulty? Um, so right now in Georgia, um, there's been recent uh, changes by Georgia Power uh, with net metering. Um, we're still waiting for a lot of information to come out on who and how this is really going to affect the different rate structures. Um, that's going to be huge for the industry because it's and you also have to be careful with the use of net metering, the actual word. Um, because there's different terms for it. Um, so some is net billing, net metering, and you really kind of have to see in the details of, all right, how are the different utilities adopting it and how are the different utilities uh, using that word? Um, so I believe that for the state of Georgia, that's going to be huge. Um, and of course, if maybe the tax credit in a few years could come back and keep going up again, but that, that's really going to be what you really want to keep your eye on. Awesome. Net metering. Awesome. So if anybody wants to reach out to you or mm -hmm. Better Tomorrow Solar on social media, what are the best handles and channels to get you on? So you can follow us on Facebook. We're going to be releasing a lot of um, content coming out, like educating the public. Uh, awesome. Kind of yeah. like what you're doing here with the yeah. podcast. Uh, well, I'll share. I actually have a new, not to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm so terrible. Um, <laughs> I actually have a new website coming out as well. Yeah. Um, Green Homes ATL. I'm finally launching it. I've been like doing it for two years uh -huh. and it should be launched by the end of this quarter. So by the end of March. So I will share your content. I need, I want to just pull everybody mm -hmm. together. It's a content of resource course. website for people curious about green homes. So back to you. You guys are going to make content on Facebook. Correct. Kind of, again, going back to the whole educating the public about uh, solar and the terms, the different terms like energy and power. There's actually a difference there and a lot of people don't know. But, you know, simple things like that, that help people understand like, okay, this is solar. Um, so you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Better Tomorrow Solar. And of course, you can reach out to us online. I mean, you could Google us better tomorrow, Solar, and we'll be there popped up. Awesome. And you have one of the best taglines, PV for EVs, which <laughs> I, I, I just I, love it. I, did, I didn't shout that out. Yeah, so all the electric vehicle owners, um, we're offering a special rebate. Uh, if you decide to adopt Solar with us, um, it's, it's very generous. So uh, you, you guys can contact us and we can help you out more about what, what it can do for you. Awesome. Well, be sure to follow them on social media. Great resources coming up. Thank you again, Gustavo, for coming in today. Absolutely. 
and podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. See you guys.